Christmas, everyone! Today, I bring you research on the slain beauty queen, JonBenet Ramsey. As all of you may know, JonBenet was found dead on Christmas Day 1996, and the world would never be the same. She is easily one of the most recognizable faces and most recognizable stories around the nation. The murder of this sweet little beauty queen. And, in true conspiracy style, I will bring the cosmic fire to reveal unknown details about this story and possibly lay to rest one of the most unsolvable crimes in history. And on that note, I just want to put the disclaimer out that my show is in a way entertainment, but also to educate and for people who are like-minded to not feel so crazy and there are other people out there searching for truth. If you don't like my information, there are several podcasts out there with different opinions, different research, different theories, and you can go and listen to any podcast you'd like. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the information and come up with your own theories. A DIY, if you will. So, thank you for everyone who supports the podcast and continues to leave five-star reviews. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's now jump right into the episode and hang on to your hats, folks. You may be blown away.
All right, here we are. It is Christmas Day, but also the anniversary of a little someone. I'm sure you know. It is John Bonet Patricia Ramsey. Yes. Now I had this in mind to cover on the anniversary. Of the actual event, so I've been looking into it for a while. I could have covered this in one of two ways, but I found there is only one way to cover it. There is someone who is in the conspiracy theory community who will argue that John Bonet Patricia Ramsey never even existed, and while this is An absolutely compelling argument, and I almost caught myself slipping into that state of mind. Did Jean Benet even fucking exist? Wow, what a thought! And I really, really looked into every avenue to support the fact that Jean Benet never existed, but I found much more compelling evidence to the contrary. So, while I'm not here to condemn anyone, and I would never say my theory is right and your theory is wrong, because at the end of the day, they are just that. Theories. But in true Cosmic Peach style, we're going to discuss what I propose could have happened to little JonBenet. Of course, we know her from her iconic image on about every imaginable magazine cover. With her piercing eyes and doll-like appearance, and she captured the hearts of the country, especially with the tragedy that occurred. And we are just going to dive right into the research. Now, Jean Benet Patricia Ramsey was born August 6th, 1990. If you followed my show for any length of time, you know how I've connected a bunch of very sinister occurrences with the month of August. August is a cult to me. And it has significance. So the fact that she was born in August, on the 6th, no less, tells me something. And then, of course, she tragically passed away December 25th, 1996. At the age of 6. Born on August 6th. August is a cult. She died December 25th in 1996. So, if that doesn't scream occult significance, I don't know what does. I'm saying we've got August, we've got six, we've got six years old, 1996. Yeah, lot of red flags there. But of course, we know Jean Benet as an American child beauty queen. And her family is some very interesting characters 
And this all takes place at their home in Boulder, Colorado. Now, how does the story start off? Well, the mom, Patsy, discovers a long handwritten ransom note in their home. And her father, John, eventually finds Jean Benet's body in the basement of their home about seven hours after she had been reported missing. She had sustained a broken skull from a blow to the head and had been strangled. A garrot was found tied around her neck. The autopsy report stated that Jean Benet's official cause of death was, quote, asphyxiation by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma, end quote. And of course, her death was ruled a homicide. The case generated worldwide public and media interest in part because her mother, Patsy Ramsey, was also a former beauty queen and had entered JonBenet into a series of child beauty pageants. And, of course, the crime is still considered a cold case and remains an open investigation with Boulder Police Department. Well, we may be warming that case up just a little bit for Christmas this year. By way of the cosmic fire. Now, the theory that Jean Benet never existed really uh, had me scratching my head. And they say, you know, it wasn't about Jean Benet. It was about the death of her. An innocent lamb slaughtered on Christmas. An unsolvable murder. Which has compelled certain people to believe that it was more so to do with um, stealing our energy and our focus to divert our attention to this fake death of this fake girl who never existed. And like I said, very compelling, yet I found a lot of evidence to support the contrary. So let's talk some more about the case. One of the pieces of evidence that they used to support that Jean Benet never existed is that there is no record of Jean Benet's body ever being received by the Boulder County Coroner's Office. And two logbook pages recording the arrival of Jean Benet Ramsey at the morgue went missing, stolen, gone, as if they never existed. And that might be for a reason. Not because Jean Benet never existed, but they were trying to hide certain evidence. And we will get into that in a little bit. Now, you have to remember, this is 1996 and there are no digital admittance forms at the Boulder County Coroner's Office. So it would have been easy to cover something like this up. 
But six months after Jean Benet's death, a man who called himself J.T. Colfax turned himself into police. And he confessed to stealing these missing pages and for trying to burn down the Ramsey's vacant home. Very suspicious, yet I believe a red herring. Someone who's trying to take the fall for something that they didn't actually do. We are all familiar with scenarios like Lee Harvey Oswald or James Earl Ray. Uh, the guy who shot John Lennon. I'm forgetting his name right now, but they, they're uh, patsies. Which is curious, John Bonet's mother's name is Patsy, but we can talk about that in a minute. But these are Patsies. They didn't actually commit the crime, but they're taking the fall. Very similar to, I believe, what was happening with this J.T. Colfax. Now, another argument is that every image of Jean Bonet Ramsey that we see is an AI-generated fake photo. Much like how I've argued the fake moon landing, fake bomb footage coming out of the Lookout Mountain Laboratory in Laurel Canyon, but somehow I feel this isn't the case with Jean Benet. She looks a lot like Patsy. Now, could they have taken an image of Patsy and taken an image of John and created like this AI fake little girl who kind of resembles them? Yeah, of course. But um, there's a lot of freckles on Jean Benet that never change. They're in every single photo, one under the eye, one on the neck. And even in the autopsy photos, we can see these freckles, one under the eye, one on the neck. She had uh, kind of like a little crooked smile apparent in each photo we see of her. Some would argue that the, those of the community that want to argue that these are fake images say that her eye color changes. Um, they say that, what else do they say? Oh, she has dead eyes in a lot of photos. So the first photo we saw of Jean Benet, they say, Look at it. She's got these dead eyes. And then in some other images, her eyes are green. In some images, her eyes are blue. Which I would argue actually would lean more towards her being a real little girl. Because if I was going to AI generate fake photos of a fake kid, I'd make sure that their fucking eye colors stayed consistent throughout each and every photo. It's almost too imperfect to be an AI-generated photo because AI fakes are pretty fucking convincing. Like, they're going to be pretty spot on in every photo. There's not going to be a change of like, oh, well, she's got green eyes in this one and blue eyes in this one and her baby teeth in this one and, and you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think she was definitely a real little girl. I found a lot of other evidence, some scratches that she had in some of her photos and some bruises and marks she had in some of her photos of her alive, not autopsy photos, that would suggest something even more sinister than that she never existed. However, another argument is that in 
2000, the year 2000, John and Patsy Ramsey told Larry King that they never received or even laid eyes on an official death certificate for their daughter. Now, this is three years after the death of Jean Bonnet, so still no death certificate? And the argument is that if you've ever lost a loved one, you can't do shit all without the death certificate. Can't bury them. Can't cancel credit cards. Can't um, unenroll them from the school. Can't ha- get an obituary. Nothing without the official death certificate. Close out accounts. Um, well, and see, that's the thing. Because she was buried in another state. So she w- her body was flown from Colorado to Atlanta, Georgia on a plane. With no death certificate, that is very suspicious. However, if you're going to cover some shit up that has some shady ties to, I don't know, unclassified government projects, you may not get a death certificate. You may not have a record of the body arriving. Things might get hidden. Things might get covered up. What if... Now, this is just me thinking out loud. If they sold JonBenet into one of these like government type of programs, then they gave their rights away, their claim of JonBenet as their guardians. They gave that away to the government. So they wouldn't receive the death certificate because they're not her legal guardians they don't have custody of her they gave custody over to the program so they would receive the death certificate and they probably added it to a file of all the other little girls they did this to um so doesn't surprise me they never got a death certificate but now another thing that i find interesting is that nicole kidman was married to tom cruise in 1996 and was filming eyes wide shut And living in Colorado when this murder occurred. Now, there's a lot of interesting connections with pedophilia, MKUltra, mind control programs with the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Is there a connection with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise and the Scientology and all that weird shit, pedophilia, in connection with the murder of Jean-Benet Ramsey. Now, I wouldn't be so bold as to make that claim. But I do find it highly, highly interesting. Especially if we think of the black and white tile floor that we see not only in Eyes Wide Shut, but at the Ramsey's home. Food for thought, people. Now it is time to dive into a little research by the great David McGowan. I mentioned David McGowan quite a bit. The inspiration, of course, for my Occult Laurel Canyon episodes, his research is unmatched in many ways, and he was offed due to his excellent research in the conspiracy community and what he has brought to light. 
And in his book, Program to Kill, he has an entire section dedicated to Jean Benet Ramsey. And what I want to do for you is read a little bit from Program to Kill in regards to some interesting information that was found with Jean Benet Ramsey. Which, by the way, did you know? You probably did if you're like me. The name Jean Benet is because the dad's name was John Bennett and the mom's name is Patricia. So to name her after her father, John Bennett, they came up with Jean Benet Patricia Ramsey, which I feel like is another reason why people are so obsessed with her. Such a cute and pretty little Jean Benet, this perfect porcelain doll that was sacrificed, you know. And it broke our hearts and continues to, at least for me. But let's get into a little bit of what David McGowan found in regards to Jean Benet. David McGowan states that in death, she looked more like the six-year-old child that she was way more than she had in many of the photos taken of her when she was alive because they sexualized the shit out of this little girl. Makeup, hair, like a little Dolly Parton or something. But so her lifeless body was found lying on a cold basement floor wrapped in a blanket. A strip of duct tape supposedly covered her mouth. Her right wrist raised above her head and was loosely bound with cord. The same type of cord was wrapped around her neck with a broken paintbrush handle taken from her mother's art supplies and fashioned into a makeshift garrote. And to some investigators, her bindings looked staged. And I agree. You break into a house... And you know exactly where the paintbrushes are in the mom's art supply to wrap around and make a makeshift garage. Also interesting to me is that the arms above the head, just telling you, look a lot like how Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, was staged as well. So she was um, in her white 90s and I'll I don't know they're pretty graphic I don't know if I'll be able to post a picture but if you look up the autopsy photos for Jean Benet she's in kind of like a long johns type of deal and an autopsy report later revealed that her panties were stained with blood and inspection with a black light indicated that there was semen on both of her thighs But the medical examiner would make no mention of that in his report. And to some investigators, it also looked as though she had been redressed after death. She had been sexually abused, severely beaten about the head, causing a massive skull fracture, and then strangled to death. Now get this shit. Rigor mortis had fully set in and police on the scene reported the smell of decomposition. She had undigested food in her stomach and small intestine 
identified as pieces of pineapple. I'll get into the pineapple later. On the palm of her left hand, some say was a small red heart. Looks like a smiley face to me. Again, smiley face murders. These are occult. And uh, there's a lot of significance behind the smiley face. So, around her neck was a chain bearing a crucifix. And on her wrist was a bracelet. Engraved on one side was her name, Jean-Benet Ramsey. And the probable date of her death was December 25th, 1996. So, here's a little layout of what happened before the death. On the previous evening, Jean Benet had attended a party at the home of family friends with her parents, John and Patsy, and her brother, Burke. The Ramsey family had returned home at 9.30 p.m., by which time Jean Benet had fallen asleep. She was carried inside and put to bed, allegedly lasting alive around 10 p.m. Patsy Ramsey claims that she woke up the next morning sometime after 5 a.m. and headed down the back stairs, which were generally used only by those who were familiar with the house. There, she found a ransom note that she quickly read before entering her daughter's room to find that Jean Benet was missing. At 5.52 a.m., she placed a frantic 911 call. It was later realized that Burke Ramsey, the little brother's voice, could be heard on the recording of that call, although John and Patsy steadfastly maintained that Burke was not yet up from bed when the call was placed. Boulder police arrived at the Ramsey home seven minutes later to find Patsy hysterical, and John, somewhat collected, but pacing. This was the second time in just three days that a 911 call had been placed from the Ramsey home. The first was on the night of December 23rd during a party attended by an estimated 100 guests drawn from the elite of Boulder society. Now, get this shit. John Ramsey is the son of a World War II pilot who later served as the director of the Michigan Aeronautics Community, where he was known as Czar Ramsey. And John himself served as a naval officer and pilot in the Philippines in the late 1960s. Laurel Canyon, anyone? So, he later formed a company that he named Access Graphics. That company later became a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin one of the nation's largest military intelligence contractors. After the buyout, John served as the company's president and CEO. His vice president of operations was Donald Paw, 
his father-in-law, and a former union carbide engineer. Patsy, the mom, a former beauty queen, was the oldest of Pa's three daughters. A Miss America pageant judge once described her as a little automaton. Ooh, you guys, it's all adding up. In Sarah Weck's book on the Ramsey case, he described the Paul family as, quote, insular, like a closed society unto itself. Patsy's mother appeared to exert extraordinary influence over her adult daughters, end quote. John Ramsey also exerted considerable influence over one of her adult daughters. So Patsy likes to be controlled. Wonder why, with all of this military and Lockheed Martin, military intelligence contractors, uh, little automaton, we're talking MKUltra here, people. And Patsy herself was one of these girls. Which would be why this party they were throwing was attended by 100 elite Boulder Society guests. So, back to the story. This was the second time in just three days that a 911 call had been placed to the Ramsey's home. The first being at the party attended by the elites. And the guest list, by the way, for that party has never been made public, nor has the reason for the first 911 call. But so, she finds the ransom note, calls the police, the police arrive at the Ramsey's home, and they were presented with this supposed ransom note, a two and a half handwritten page bizarre ramblings that were withheld from the press and the public for nine months. The note's author demanded a ransom of exactly 118000 in cash, which just so happened to be the amount of the Christmas bonus that John had just received. They claimed, rather preposterously, that they represented a, quote, small foreign faction, end quote, they warned that if their demands were not met, Jean Benet would be decapitated. The Ramses were instructed to expect a telephone call that morning between 8 and 10 a.m. But look at that. The call never came. Hmm. For reasons that have been, of course, adequately explained, the investigation was compromised from the very beginning. Officers inexplicably failed to secure the crime scene, allowing the family's pastor and a number of friends to freely come and go from the home. No effort was made to prevent contamination of any potential evidence. Detectives did not arrive on the scene until 8.10 a.m., over two hours after the first patrol officers arrived. And it took another 12 hours for the coroner to arrive. Once there, he reportedly spent just 10 minutes examining the body and the crime scene. 
At around 10 a.m., detectives allowed John Ramsey to leave the house unescorted for over an hour. He supposedly was on a mission to pick up the mail. Although it is unclear why such a trivial errand had such a sense of urgency when his daughter was just found murdered. It is also unclear why it took John so long to complete the errand and why he chose to go alone when several family friends were available to accompany him. Now, the events of that day just stack up as completely bizarre and out of character for everyone involved, but now we have to take what we know and start building our case. And one of the things that I want to start with is the party, and what can we dig up on the guests of the elite party. And one of them was a man who is known as Bill McReynolds. And this man is known to have attended the party. And he played Santa Claus for the event. On December 26, 1974, exactly 22 years before the murder of Jean Benet, Bill McReynolds' own daughter had purportedly been abducted along with a friend from the McReynolds home not far from Boulder. The girl was released unharmed after being forced to witness an assault on her friend. There were no arrests made and no charges were ever filed. Not long after that, Bill McReynolds' wife, Janet, wrote a screenplay entitled Hey Rube that concerned the abduction torture and murder of a young girl whose battered body is discovered lying on a cold basement floor. Rube, by the way, R-U-B-E, Ruby Slippers, I don't know, just saying. And when Bill McReynolds was extended an invitation to speak at Jean Benet's memorial service, he used the opportunity to share memories of not just the slain beauty queen, but of a few other kids whom, bizarrely, <laughs> he had been close to before their untimely deaths. The Ramses considered Bill McReynolds one of their prime suspects along with 160 plus other people whose names appeared on their self-serving suspect list. Now, what else can we use to build a case? The Ramses were never separated for questioning. This supposed errand running from John that lasted an hour. There was no initial search of the house. It's been known that the ransom note was in Patsy's handwriting. There was no room-by-room -room search of the house. And then when finally it occurred to the police that it might be a good idea to search the crime scene, 
They assigned the task to the prime fucking suspect, John Ramsey himself. And joining John was his good fucking friend, Fleet White, an oil company executive who had hosted the party the Ramseys attended the previous evening. And who the Ramseys placed a call to immediately after placing the 911 call. Ramsey and Fleet White quickly headed to the basement, huh, where they almost immediately found John Bonet's body, demonstrating in doing so that no effort had previously been made to look for the little baby girl in the basement. Why the fuck wouldn't you have checked the basement? Why the fuck wouldn't you have checked anywhere in your house? They just sat around, never checked anything. The police say, oh, it's time to start doing a search. All of a sudden, let's go to the basement. Come on, let's go, Fleet White. And then, all of a sudden, Fleet White claims that he had already checked the basement earlier and saw nothing out of the ordinary. (sighs) Like, this type of story would not cut ice with me. I have a strong, like spidey tingle about stuff i know when someone's lying to me that like it can be the most convincing thing you've ever heard in your life but in the back of my mind i'm like yeah 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 you're fucking lying so they go to the basement even though it's supposedly already been searched and there lies john benet and john ramsey promptly picks up his lifeless daughter and get this removed the tape from her mouth strangely though The autopsy report later made no mention of tape residue around Jean Benet's mouth. Uh, okay. Um, and then he carried her upstairs and laid her on the floor. Patsy Ramsey collapses. Uh, you know, they're all a mess. The detectives then moved the corpse and covered it with a blanket. And some of the most crucial evidence in the case had been hopelessly contaminated. On purpose, I'm sure. And then there was an article in Vanity Fair by Anne Louise Bardak, who said on the reaction of John and Patsy to the discovery of the body, she says, quote, What was interesting was when John Ramsey brought the body upstairs, he never cried. But when he laid her down, he started to moan while peering around to see who was looking, end quote. And then we have, quote, Patsy peered at him through splayed fingers while making sobbing sounds. The officer described being haunted by the manner in which Patsy kept staring at him. He never saw either of the Ramseys attempt to comfort or console each other, end quote. We also have that it would be completely bizarre as fuck to leave a ransom note when you've already murdered the girl. So, yeah. the Then we have, like, the behavior from the Ramses. No footprints were observed outside of the home, even though snow covered pretty much all of the ground. There were no signs of a forced entry. And... The ransom note was torn from the Ramsey's own legal pad. A pin found in a cup in the kitchen was likely the writing instrument. So, 
the Ramsey's own legal pad in the Ramsey's own pen. And then we see that on the first page of the legal pad, still attached, was a rough draft of the ransom note. Sloppy, sloppy. Now, did you know that when the Ramses flew the body to Atlanta, their former home for the burial, they laid Jean Benet to rest next to her half-sister Elizabeth, another of John Ramsey's daughters. So what happened to the half-sister? And after the burial, the following day, John and Patsy made their infamous appearance on CNN. Even while they were steadfastly claiming to be too grief-stricken to talk to the police. Patsy was heavily sedated and had been since the day of the murder. She later claimed that she was unable to remember anything that occurred during the weeks immediately following the discovery of the body. And the little brother, Burke Ramsey, was also heavily drugged after his sister's death as well. Now, that is part of MK Ultra. They're erasing their memories so they can be questioned by police. They're preparing it. Because if they erase their memory, then they'll appear to be telling the truth because they really won't know what happened. But of course, this is a theory, speculation, my opinion. That just happens to make really a lot of sense. So following the burial, all this pageantry footage started coming out of the Ramses who had marketed their daughter as some kind of hyper-sexualized woman-child. Which, of course, this is what Patsy also did as a child, I'm sure. So then there's some research that dives into this whole kitty pageant thing. And there is a world that few outside of the pageant circuit are familiar with. A world where extraordinary young girls have had their hair dyed, their teeth capped, their young faces sculpted by plastic surgeons, their chests bunched up and pushed together and taped with fucking duct tape to appear they have cleavage, their eye color enhanced with contacts, and we also discover that the photographing of these prepubescent young ladies in risque poses is a routine business undertaken by some of the most highly regarded child photographers in the country. JonBenet Ramsey was just one of an estimated 250,000 girls who are a part of this billion dollar a year business that by all appearances caters primarily to the pedophilic tendencies of the adults who gravitate around the 3,000 child beauty pageants held every year. And this is research done by Stephen Singular, who looked into the kitty pageants and found this whole circuit. I'm not talking about your mom signed you up for a pageant at the state fair one year. I'm talking about Stephen Singular discovered an entire world 
of these little girls just like John Bonet with contacts, dyed hair, faces sculpted by plastic surgeons, their chests bunched together and taped to look like cleavage. Um, I'm talking the whole nine yards, okay? Part of the pedophilia thing. And while Jean Benet's longtime involvement in the child pageant business raises a number of questions, it does not directly answer the question of whether she had been molested on the night of her death or before that time. But the autopsy report, which was released in a severely redacted form on February 14th, made mention of chronic genital inflammation foreign matter in the vagina and epithelial erosion. Yeah. A detective working the case swore in an affidavit that the coroner, John Mayer, told her that someone had definitely had sexual contact with Jean Benet. Mayer, though, put no such conclusions in his report. And Independent experts such as Dr. Robert Kirshner at the University of Chicago's pathology department noted that Jean Benet's vaginal opening was twice what is normal for a girl her age. He also stated that the genital injuries indicate penetration, but probably not by a penis, and are evidence of molestation that night as well as previous molestation. And Dr. Cyril Weck, one of the most respected forensic pathologists in the country, told an interviewer, quote, This to me is evidence of sexual abuse. I think any forensic gynecologist and forensic pathologist would agree with that. If she had been taken to a hospital emergency room and the doctors had seen the genital evidence, her father would have been arrested, end quote. There was one doctor who had numerous opportunities to observe that evidence. And as widely reported, Jean Benet had been taken to her pediatrician no fewer than 27 times in the previous three to four years. The doctor claimed that 27 times was a normal rate of visitation for a child her age. He also claimed that he had never seen during any of those visits, any evidence of abuse. That claim, however, was contradicted by the forensic evidence, which indicated chronic abuse. Think about it, you guys. If JonBenet Ramsey was a fake person, do you know the links that they would have had to go through to make this story up? I mean, think about it. Her doctor, her teachers, the police officers, everyone involved would have had to been given a script. Hey, you're the fake doctor, and you're the fake teacher, and you're the fake police officers who came to the fake crime scene, and you're the fake coroner, and you're the fake medical examiner. Give me a break. They're not putting this much effort into a fake story. It would be way easier to kill a real kid and deal with the consequences later than it would be to make up this whole fake life around this one fake girl. It just doesn't make sense. And did you know that there was a gag order placed on 
all the officers working the case? Yeah. Zipped lips, okay? No one is talking about what really happened. Now get this shit. Alex Hunter, the man primarily responsible for prosecuting the JonBenet Ramsey murder case, had been Boulder's district attorney since 1972. During his tenure, he developed a reputation for extremely lenient enforcement of drug laws, making the city a particularly friendly place for narcotics and narcotic traffickers. And since 1969, Hunter had been a limited partner in a business enterprise with a lawyer named William Gray, who just happened to be John Ramsey's civil attorney. In another spinoff, we have FBI profilers stating that, in their opinion, it looked like a, quote, staged domestic homicide, end quote. Uh, I mean, the list goes on here. It's just a fucking circus. Let's, let's now go to some possible reasons for them murdering her or having her murdered. One of the scenarios was like Patsy Ramsey snapped because JonBenet wet the bed. Um, you know who wets the bed? Uh, victims of sexual abuse. Not saying that in every case, but a lot of sexually abused children wet the bed, but no, no cigar. Uh, that the brother did it, no cigar. He um, is actually an MK Ultra victim himself. He can't even get through an interview without uh, smiling and laughing and looking around the room. And it's, that's MK Ultra. That's what happens. Like, if you press someone who's been programmed, they start diverting and disassociating. That's what happens. That's why you can't get a fucking straight answer from the guy. And then the Steven Singular guy who discovered all those um, child pornography photography rings has put an even more disturbing theory forward. And he believes that John Bonet was killed because of her involvement in a child pornography and prostitution ring. And Singular theorized that one of the parents was involved, essentially acting as a pimp in selling John Bonet to the ring. So, again, if she was sold to this sex ring with the death certificate, I'm telling you, you guys, it's weird. She was probably sold. The truth is likely that both of the Ramseys were involved in pimping their daughter out to pedophiles, not just one of them. There's no way John or Patsy could have hid this from the other one. They were both definitely involved. And rumors of child pornography have surrounded the case from the earliest days of the investigation. Police records indicate that warrants were sought to search the Ramsey home for pornographic materials. The San Jose Mercury News reported that police investigators, quote, had a strong initial suspicion that someone in the family had an interest in child pornography. Three days after the girl's bludgeoned body was discovered in the basement of her family's upscale home, Boulder, Colorado police seized computers, computer discs, CD-ROMs, and video and still photography equipment, according to the search warrants, end quote. At least 150 videotapes were seized from the home. 
It was also alleged that John Ramsey had been seen frequenting a seedy Denver porno shop. And it wasn't to buy vibrators, okay? In the tabloid press, it was reported that the computers at Access Graphics were loaded with child pornography. Yes! Uh-huh. Did you ever hear that before? And it is interesting to note that after the murder, Access Graphics added guards and greatly increased security at its headquarters. And there was even a therapist named Mary Binkowski who spoke of a pedophile ring operating in the Boulder area. She identified her client of 10 years as a past victim of the ring which she said had direct links to the Ramsey family. She also said that her client had provided police with the names of several people who had witnessed the murder of Jean Benet. Binkowski also claimed that the witnesses had provided evidence of the ongoing abuse of other children. The unidentified witnesses were interviewed by agents of the FBI. Shortly after that, she went into hiding, afraid for her life. Because they're not going to tell you this shit is going on. And then the Boulder uh, Sheriff Office said that this woman was basically pathological and making false claims and blah, blah, blah. Of course they are, right? And they're not interested in false claims. Didn't even look into it, you guys. Didn't even look into it. Now, isn't it funny that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise were living in the Boulder area when all of this went down? And then they were in the movie Eyes Wide Shut together, which is what? It's alluding to child sex rings. I'm not gonna say anything, but come on. Now get this. This dude named Randy Simmons was considered the best, the most expensive child photographer in the Boulder area. At least one pageant mother reported to author Singular that Randy Simmons had approached her about shooting nudes of her daughter. She declined the offer. How many pageant mothers, though, consented to offers like this? Patsy Ramsey? Mm. In June 1996, just months before Jean Benet's death, Randy Simmons took what were described as, quote, cover girl shots of the little beauty queen right before her death. And had also photographed Daphne White, the daughter of Fleet White. It's all coming together. That's why, that's why, get this shit. All of those, oh, we looked up the pageant she was supposedly in, and we couldn't find any record of any other contestants in the pageants. We couldn't find any other years where they ran these pageants. That's one of the other arguments to suggest that she never existed. Now, I would argue you can't find any other years where these pageants took place because all the pageants were fake. They dressed her up like 
oh, we're going to take videos of you. We're going to take pictures of you. We're going to have you act like you're in a pageant. And they'll get like John Bonet and like six or seven other girls who are being photographed and other things. And they put on like a fake pageant for these girls. They have them dress up for fake pageant photographs. They're, what they're doing is they're getting the girls used to this sexualization, dressing them up like dolls and shit and doing like little fake pageants and ooh, a video and ooh, let's and we'll do like it'll be like a party and we'll just have us and uh, 20 of our elite friends and their daughters and we'll all sex them up and put them out there with you. That's why you can't find any records of these pageants existing because they didn't exist. Very similar situation happened with Heather O'Rourke, okay? And just after Jean Benet's death, Randy Simmons abruptly left his wife and daughter in Denver and moved to a remote area of eastern Colorado, and no one seemed to know where he had went. And after the murder of Jean Benet, he reportedly placed several frantic calls to friends during which he expressed a profound fear for his life. And in an article for Stage Lines, he claimed that he was being pursued by paramilitary types. He also expressed concern to the newsletter's publisher about the possibility of someone releasing, quote, inappropriate photos of John Bonet, end quote. And when the Wonderland raids, Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland, MK Ultra program, Wizard of Oz, just like I told you, when the Wonderland raids swept through a number of American cities, one of those arrested was Richard Bruce Thomas, a computer consultant living in Fort Collins, Colorado, about an hour drive from the Ramsey home. Thomas was found shot to death in his home on September 5th, 1998. His Death was ruled, as always, a suicide. When a man named James Parton was arrested on charges of distributing child pornography on the internet, his Columbus, Ohio home was found to contain a photograph of John Benet Ramsey. And James Parton was a prime suspect in the 1983 disappearance of a 14-year-old girl from Idaho Springs, Colorado. What's another inconsistency? That the people who claim Jean Benet doesn't exist say is not important, but is important because she did exist. I mean, come on, people. So, the undigested food in the stomach and small intestine was pineapple, which I'll get into in a second. The Ramsey's version of events is that Jean Benet had eaten earlier in the evening while at the White's party, but she had not eaten at home before being put to bed. And that she had fell asleep in the car and they brought her in and basically just tucked her in and she went to bed. But the forensic evidence suggests that she ate very close to the death. So this would suggest they had fed her right before she died. Which is why if you're going to say she didn't exist, why is everybody so worried about the fucking pineapple? Because it would suggest that the story doesn't make sense. The 
it's not adding up. They fucking fed her pineapple, which is of occult significance, right before her death. Now, did you know that pineapple is used as a symbol for swingers? Yeah, you might want to look that up. You might want to understand about pineapple, okay? You might want to understand why pineapple would be a significant snack right before the sacrifice, okay? Now, incidentally, in the Vatican courtyard, I find another clue to the whole pineapple piece. We have an upside-down pine cone, which resembles the shape of a pineapple and pine apple, pine cone, The Vatican has a huge sculpture of like an upside down pineapple, pine cone in the courtyard. And the pine cone represents the third eye. Okay. And signifies the process by which the eye of Horus is opened. And the Greek mystics also carried a symbolic staff with a pine cone on the end. Okay? The pine cone, pineapple, it's like, not only is it a sexual reference, but it's also the third eye, occult symbolism. They fed her pineapple right before the sacrifice. Okay? What do we have besides the pineapple? Well, some investigators believe that JonBenet's clothing was changed after her death. So they changed her. Probably was pretty messy after they got done doing what they did to her, okay? Now, we also have the possibility that she was actually killed at the White's party that they were at. They took her over there. They did what they did to her as part of the sacrifice. Huge party on the winter solstice. They sacrificed her. And then they brought her dead body home. Okay. And then redressed her. And a lot of the investigators said that the crime scene was literally staged. And that it was consistent with the child having been killed somewhere else and then deposited in the basement. It is possible that the ligatures were added after the fact. When it became apparent that it was not going to be possible to dispose of the body. Now, it's said that there were numerous witnesses to the murder, and that would be consistent with JonBenet being sacrificed at the party they were attending. And one of those witnesses was probably the little brother, Burke, which would explain why the Ramses shielded him from media and inquisitive police and the sedation of him to get deprogrammed. Now, another thing I want to mention is that John and Patsy have on occasion publicized the fact that a stun gun was possibly used to incapacitate JonBenet prior to her death. And they say this To substantiate their claim that it was an outside intruder. Because they quote, never have ever owned a stun gun, end quote. 
but one of the videotapes seized from their home included instructions on how to use a stun gun, which led me into some other research. I'm going to provide you with two possible solutions to the long, drawn-out mystery. One, she was sold into a child prostitution ring, which is like a sex cult. You know, a death cult, a sex cult. She was sacrificed. This is part of their, like, weird religious thing that they do, of course. You know, this is part of their stuff that they like. She could have also been in a CIA, MKUltra, Project Monarch type of program. And here's why I say that. John and Patsy Ramsey could have been CIA assets participating in a behavioral engineering program, MKUltra, and John Bonet was actually tortured to death. There's this lady named Kathy O'Brien who was rescued from the government's MKUltra program in 1988. And she has spoken about the evidence in the JonBenet Ramsey case and has commented on it and this is what she thinks, okay? This is Kathy O'Brien, not me, but I agree with it, but Kathy O'Brien, okay? So, Kathy O'Brien claimed the murder method was the result of an MK Ultra mind-controlled torture session involving controlled asphyxiation, electric shock, and sexual assault. Now, Electric shock is funny because of Return to Oz with the electric shock and Girl Interrupted. And we both have MK Ultra ties to those movies. So, as a young girl, she had herself experienced similar treatment. And Kathy explains that MK Ultra is not just a government program, but is satanic. She explains how government officials and many people in high major corporations attend satanic meetings like those at Bohemian Grove in California where these ugly satanic rituals are performed. And there's even a satanic Christmas ritual called the last bulb of the Christmas tree. And one of the names of Satan worshipers used for the devil is, quote, J-O-N-B-E-T, end quote. I'm not going to say that out loud because I don't want to conjure anything, but what a fucking coincidence. It's almost like she was raised as cattle. So neighbors reported hearing a horrible scream around midnight, but that can be take it or leave it. I think she was probably killed at the party and then her body was brought home because they said they had already smelled, they could smell the odor of decomposition and she was in the basement, which was super duper cold in Colorado, like in the middle of winter. Give me a break. She was dead for a lot longer, right? So according to Kathy O'Brien, the best candidates for MK Ultra training are children who have already been suffering abuse. She was brought into the program following serious abuse from her father, whose criminal behavior was excused in exchange for turning her over to be used in the MK Ultra program. Bit off a little bit more than he could chew there. And I believe Patsy was also a part of this program, but 
they uh, they didn't sacrifice her, okay? But they did use her as part of this whole larger scenario. And on October 25th, 2013, previously sealed court documents were released showing that a Colorado grand jury had voted in 1999 to indict the parents, John and Patricia Ramsey, for JonBenet's murder. The indictment alleged child abuse resulting in death and being accessories to a crime. However, then District Attorney Alex Hunter declined to sign the indictment, saying that the evidence was insufficient. Now, I've looked at the autopsy photos, and it's clearly obvious that she's got stun gun marks all over her. And I even found a uh, picture of her walking around in one of her little sundresses or whatever. And she had stun gun marks on her legs. So this had already been going on. They were just preparing her, you know? Now, I want to talk about one of the... Uh, one of the photos that were in the autopsy photos. And that was a picture of her... Little panties. Now... Uh, you guys. They have stains on them. They looked ripped and soaked with, like, she peed on herself of out of terror. I mean, if you get stun gunned over and over again, you're going to piss your pants, okay? And then the sexual abuse. Uh, there's roses all over her panties. And what is one of the things we learned from the Wizard of Oz episode about MKUltra? They use rainbows, hearts, and roses. And her panties has roses all over them. And she's wearing Wednesday underwear. Like, you remember those days of the week underwear? She's wearing Wednesday underwear. And I googled it and it said December 25th, 1996 fell on a Wednesday. Which I also feel like is part of the cover-up to change her panty. Like, when I was a kid, my mom bought me the days of the week underwear. And I wore Fridays on Tuesday and Wednesdays on Monday and she'd be like that's not how you're supposed to be wearing those and I was like well you know if it fits I sits that's what I know so for them to go the extra mile of putting the Wednesday panties on um if she really died that Tuesday the 24th at the Christmas Eve party which think of it you guys eyes wide shut was Christmas parties everywhere and then it has Helena at the toy shop because she's getting ready for Christmas. And the last scene in that movie was her getting taken off by those guys that were at Ziegler's party at the beginning of the movie, suggesting child pedophilia ring. Then Jean Benet, literally the epitome of that story, dying on Christmas. You know who else died on Christmas? Going back to the Occult Laurel Canyon Part 3 episode... Vito Palika's son was killed on the winter solstice for Christmas because, just like I said in that episode, Anton LaVey had stated that was the satanic rising or whatever. There's too much here. I, of course, cannot say exactly what happened because I wasn't there, but I'm not an idiot. Okay, I know how to think critically and put two and two together. 
JonBenet Ramsey existed, and I think it's a disservice to her to suggest that she did not exist and that this wasn't a real horrific thing that happened, but they purposely portray it as unsolvable because they can't tell you what really happened, but you can go and watch the movie Eyes Wide Shut. I'll tell you what was really happening, what kind of party the Ramses were at on Christmas Eve that led to Jean Benet's death. When the fuck did that movie come out, by the way? Eyes Wide Shut release. I'm Googling right now. Nineteen ninety nine, which if you turn nine 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 around, that's six six six, and we have a six year old born on the sixth of the month, killed six years later. So, and then it's released nineteen ninety nine six 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 backwards. You guys, what if he included some of that to show us? What if Eyes Wide Shut is the story of Jean Benet Ramsey? Oh boy. I just feel like I opened up a whole new rabbit hole here. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. With all that Wizard of Oz symbolism too. Oh no. Okay. Let me touch on some other things that I'm sure about before we conclude the segment. I've already touched on why you can't find any of the pageants, okay? Um, and I want to just go back to that for a second to prove my point. I googled some of the pageants I was in as a kid. And um, now these were like little hick town pageants. Okay. One of them was Little Miss Graypet. And I googled it. You can google it too. A lot of images came up. There's still going on. A lot of little kids participating in the Little Miss Graypet pageant. Um, and some of the pageants that John Bonet was in would be Little Miss Colorado Sunburst, Little Miss Charlevoix, Colorado State All Star Kids, Cover Girl, America's Royale Miss, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. These sound made up. Okay. And all those pageants, like she was supposedly in during like a year from like age five to six, they were like, no way she could have competed in all those and all the trophies and all that. Now, yeah, you're right. Because it was all just staged as part. It was part of the fucking photography pimp ring, prostitution ring. It was like taking a picture of your prized ham and then putting it up. Like who wants a piece of this ham? Look how pretty it is. Look at it posing and look how it walks in its dress and, I mean, it's so clearly obvious to me. That's what it was. But now let's get real for a second. If we've read anything from Fritz Springmeier, we will get the clear picture of what's going on with these MKUltra kids. And he wrote a book called The Illuminati Formula to Create an Undetectable Total Mind Control Slave. And it's talking all about MKUltra and the Wizard of Oz, the programming that they use to create one of these kids, like John Bonet. And he says, mind-controlled slaves are created for different purposes, hierarchy or non-hierarchy purposes. The Illuminati create mind-controlled slaves who are to function 
within the Illuminati hierarchy. And you can substitute Illuminati for elites, vampires, poop heads, whatever you want to call them. So these slaves will usually have their genealogies hidden and will be created to have excellent cover lives to ensure that they are not detected. Think about that. Cover lives. Pageants, beauty queens. You feel me? So, they will be given multifunctional programming and will usually be used to help program other slaves. He also says, these children will often receive lavish experiences. Again, with the fake pageants. And just like I said earlier, it wasn't just John Bonet in this group of people, these Colorado elites. It was also Fleet White's daughter as well. Now, the Illuminati, quote unquote, and other organizations have also programmed individuals who are simply expendable. These are sex slaves who are used up and killed very early in life. One-time use as saboteurs, breeders, soldiers, drug couriers, and so forth. The bodies of these people will often show visible torture scars. Can you say stun gun? Repeat it with me. Stun gun. Marks all over John Bonet. The expendable are the children of parents who were blackmailed into turning their child over to the CIA. This is all hidden by the power of the National Security Act. These children who have been sold by their pedophile fathers or pornographic parents will never be disclosed. So that is why they didn't get the death certificate. Going back, they sold the prized ham. So the owners of the prized ham claim ownership and death certificate. In return for the parents' cooperation, they provide rich financial rewards to the parents. This is part of the breeders or Lilith programming. When breeders are used by the elites, these bloodsuckers, to obtain babies for programming, they select women who are themselves programmed multiples. Patsy Ramsey. They are used for breeders because genetically they have genes for intelligence, even though they aren't brilliant. These women of lesser intelligence will only make the beginning priestess level. All of these women, no matter their circumstances, have been made to believe that offering their babies to Satan is the highest honor. So many of them do not have normal qualms about their job. Remember what they said about Patsy Ramsey? A little automaton? And programmers have created quote-unquote power words to which they have attached memory and programming. The intelligence agencies have programmed thousands upon thousands of slaves. 
There are so many code words to pick from, but these are a few of their favorites. Emerald. Evergreen. Green Diamond. There are a few others, but Emerald City, I want to take that back to the Wizard of Oz because that's super huge MK Ultra programming. But I'm with the Ruby Slippers. But what I want to focus on in regards to JonBenet is the greens because we have Emerald, Evergreen, and Green Diamond, which if they really did put contacts on her to enhance her green eyes, and uh, these are some of the words that they use. I also found that basic commands are also used, and these programs are called jewels, quote unquote, J E W E L S, jewels, as in rubies, emeralds, diamonds, even pearls sometimes. So, in a standard Illuminati altar system, 13 colors were used. Each 13 programs had a color assigned. So that would be pink, orange, yellow, white, red, brown, blue, green, black, purple, silver, gold, platinum, and sometimes clear. Color programming is reported to have been developed at UCLA. The hierarchy of colors in a system is often as follows. Platinum, gold, silver, purple, black, red, green, brown, white, orange, yellow, pink. Dark emerald green is assigned to the Antichrist Satan altars. Green is the occult color for Satan and happens to be the most sacred color. Few people outside of Satanists know that green is more sacred for them than any other color. And emerald green also signifies that the altar has been abused, but they still see themselves belonging to the cult. So why am I bringing this up? Well, we already know about the stun gun. We already know about the MK Ultra, the rose petals on the panties, and... Uh, the last bulb on the Christmas tree, J-O-N-B-E-T. But I come across this very interesting photo of our little beauty queen with dazzling green eyes. And on her pinky finger, a solid gold emerald ring. This is a rank. This is signifying John Bonet's programming and position in the cult. And I also got to thinking with this Babylon Christmas story if she died on Christmas Eve, the 24th, two plus four is six. So she died on a six at six years old in 1996. And if I can't be any clearer on that front, what about this? Patsy Ramsey died June 24th, 2006. 
six, six, six. Let me repeat that for you in case you were asleep. John Bonet died on the 24th, two plus four is six, at six years old in 1996. Her mother, Patsy, the little automaton, died June, which is a six, 24th, which is a six, 2006. But now, wait, hang on a second. Because we see after Patsy died, the father, John Ramsey, goes on to start dating Beth Holloway. The mother of the famous missing girl, Natalie Holloway. Oh my goodness, well, you remember Natalie Holloway, the graduate from Mountain Brook High School in Alabama, who disappeared May 30th, 2005, and she's the 18-year-old girl whose mysterious disappearance made international news and the uh, Vandersloot has said on multiple occasions how he sold her into sex slavery and then had to backtrack and then said it again and then backtracked it again. It's so crystal clear. And I hope this has brought you clarity. So Patsy dies and his first choice, his first choice is Natalie Holloway's mother. I'm sure they had a lot to talk about. And the point again on the trophies, if you're if we're going to talk about the trophies, who says that those many photos of Jean Benet surrounded by trophies are her trophies? Isn't it that Patsy Ramsey competed in all of these actual pageants and won Miss West Virginia? How come they couldn't have been Patsy's trophies? This is what's called critical thinking. I want to see the trophies up close that say Jean Benet, the title of the pageant and the year. Bet those photos don't exist. All we have is a grainy photo of Jean Benet standing in a room of their home with a bunch of trophies stuffed in a corner. And then, you know, we have them saying, well, all the images are owned by Zuma, and Zuma has all the uh, fear porn images of the um, virus particle of the virus that shall not be named, and the 9 11 photographs, and all the, they're just part of the cult. I mean, it's real easy to explain that one. Because they weren't real pageants and they weren't real beauty queen stuff going on. Of course, Zuma owns the images. Wait a second, you guys. Do you remember in Eyes Wide Shut when Tom Cruise goes to the diner, flips open the newspaper, and finds the article on Mandy who was sacrificed in his place. Do you remember the article? Ex-beauty queen. Mm-hmm. In hotel drug overdose. Why do you think it was so important for them to title this article Ex-beauty? 
beauty queen. You know what else? This fake article on the ex-beauty queen, Mandy, who dies as a sacrifice, is published by Larry Salona. Who is Larry Salona? Well, he just so happens to be the person who broke the news of Kubrick's death, and he also broke the news with Epstein's suicide. And it's funny because within this article in Eyes Wide Shut, titled Ex-Beauty Queen in Hotel Drug Overdose, there is one line that's repeated twice. Some have said that this was a typo. However, I feel like it's a message. Ex-Beauty Queen being the first message, Larry Salona being the second message, and the third being the only line that's repeated twice in this article says, she has many important friends in the fashion and entertainment world. And then again, it says, she has many important friends in the fashion and entertainment worlds. What do you think that means? By the way, the Epstein dead in apparent suicide article that Larry Salona was the first one to break the news on was published August 10th. No big deal. Another eight. You can make up your own theories and you can make up your own conclusions, but I feel like I can lay this to rest in my mind. I know exactly what happened, but I wasn't there, so I can't be 100, but I'm 99.9. This all ties into the much greater, grander story that's constantly at play, the never-ending story of SRA, selling your children, child pornography, the elites, MK Ultra, it's everywhere, it's all the time, and I'm yet again making another case to prove that. So, Merry Christmas, rest in peace, JonBenet Ramsey, I'm so sorry this happened and um, continues to happen, probably. We just will find out about it many, many years from now. But thank you so much for listening to another episode. We will catch you on the next one.